So welcome in to another week of the Backroads Podcast. So much going on in six-man land, including week one football is in the books. We saw some great games. We saw some upsets. We saw games that were a lot tighter than we thought. And that word injury keeps popping up. So let's get all to it. I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. What an incredible starting week of the 2022 season, Bobby. We talked about it at the outset. We saw so much going on uh, across the land. Teams, I think, were better than we thought in some respects. Some teams maybe not quite as good as they have been in the past. That stupid word injury keeps popping up and and broken. I don't want to hear broken anymore because that Neither just seems theme. That is just crazy. And you know, when, when you look at it, just so much to get to and all of that. Before we get there, we had the privilege of interviewing a guy whose team I thought was very impressive at the Jaden Gridiron Classic. I know I've been talking about him since we started back the 2022 podcast season. And that is Caleb Calloway, the head coach over at Knox City. They were very impressive against Strawn and O Coach Lee. You know, definitely kind of starting over, doesn't have any starters back, but it is Dwayne Lee. And anytime you can take it to a Dwayne Lee team, I think that's impressive. So next up here on the Backroads podcast, we've got an interview with a guy whose team I think has been underappreciated and underlooked heading into this season. And I think they showed at the Jaden Gridiron Classic, they're a team to deal with. And that's Coach Caleb Calloway over at Knox City. Coach, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm I'm excellent. So, you know, I talk about it. I think a lot of people look past Knox City. There's a lot of talk in Region 1 about Happy, about Valley. Uh, Follett gets thrown in there, Spur. But the Knox City Greyhounds seem to be a team, I think, that could make some big, big noise in Region 1. Just kind of give us an idea of, of who your team is this year and talk about that big victory that you guys had at the Gridiron Classic. Well, we're still we're still a young football team. We have one senior on our roster right now, uh, five juniors, about I think it's eleven sophomores and two freshmen. So when we're still fairly young, we rely heavily on our junior class. Um, we got some sophomores stepping up, and making plays for us. I mean, our, our our whole goal is just to get out there and play every week. You know, we're focused on the opponent coming up and 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 not worried about any other stuff. And that victory yesterday, you know, it's just a. We've been working working for the win at Jayton since last year when we lost to Borden County. You know, we lost over there in that bi-district game and a game I felt that we could have done better in. Um, but Borden County, no, I'll give them all the credit. They took it from us at the end. And and um, we we wanted to get, get get redemption for that from last year. And we got over to Jayton and, and, you know, Strawn. You know, it's, you're, you're not just playing Strawn, the team. You're playing Strawn, the name, a lot of times, I feel like, too. And, and we just wanted to get out there and play hard. And our kids came out and executed and did a good job on both sides of the ball. Talk about that Jayton Gridiron Classic in itself. You played in it last year. You guys played in it again this year. How fun and exciting is that for you and your team? It's 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 always nice as, as a coach to not have to worry about all the stuff you worry about at home. You know, the making sure your chain crew's there, making sure your announcers and your scorekeepers are there. So it's always a good experience to have that in the neutral site. You know, all of our goals, all of us coaches that play in those things or play anywhere, a neutral site game. Our goal is to play those games later in the year, and so we want to get that experience of playing on a neutral field. Uh, you know, with the with the atmosphere of of, of the fans and, and different things from people from everywhere watching you, and and so for our kids and for us, it's a great experience and takes a little bit off of us as coaches, keeps us off our back a little bit. You know, that we don't have to worry about those small things like we do at home. And you talked about that playoff loss last year to Borden County. How has that motivated your players heading into this season? Well, we saw more of them this summer than we did the summer before, which is, you know, always a positive thing. 
Um, but you know, it was, we were a young, young football team. We were starting mo almost all sophomores last year. And, and I know Borden County was as well, but it, it motivated us. You know, we don't, our goal is always to get there. Um, but we don't want to just get there. We want to make some noise when we do get in there. And we've been real fortunate. So I've been in Knox city. We've made some, some decent runs in the second round with the quarterfinals one year, uh, lost to happy that year. We want to make some noise and get, you know, make a couple rounds and see what we can do. And, and so that, that motivates us just to get in the weight room and get out there and practice. And, you know, having all your guys back that started for you last year helps because they know the system. And so we're able to just move forward on some of the more of the fundamental things. How important is it for your team to get Devin Guillory back into the lineup and, and be able to help out the squad of, of all returning starters as it is? I mean, it, it's important. I mean, the biggest thing on that deal, we, we were more wanting it for him. You know, I mean, it wasn't it was for because, you know, coming back from an ACL, you know, sometimes that can be a different ball game. And, you know, we've been really talking to him last year when we went through all that, talking about the mental side of the game, because, I mean, 90 percent of it's going to be mental on that with the coming back from an injury like that. And, you know, he wears his brace and and he, he brings a, a level to our to our line and to our defense that maybe we were missing a little bit last year with a little bit of quickness and some things that he can do. So, I mean, it helps us a ton. It gives us an extra weapon on the field. And whenever you can put, you know, five, five guys, five or six guys on the field that can be a weapon anytime, it's always important. Talk about District 4 1A, because this is a district with yourselves, Valley, and a spur all highly thought of and, and ranked. How difficult do you see this district as you move forward? I mean, I think it, I think it's tough. I mean, we're we're the only team that don't have a district title from last year. I mean, we were the runner up out of our district, and and those two guys they deserve to be where they're at and and, and ahead of us in, in everything, every conversation. Um, and for us, that doesn't bother us one bit, you know. And we just want to get out there and play. It's going to be tough. We know Valley's got some big kids, and and they're 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 going they're get after that a good run last year, you know. And then Spur made a run into the second round, so they got a a week or two extra last year that we didn't get. And so we know that we're going to have to prepare even harder as we get closer to that district race and, and know that we're going to be coming into that probably not favored. And, and really we're not going to be bothered by that. We know we might win. We might, we might not have success, but, but we're going to push our kids to, to get it done. I mean, we, we know our kids know what it's like to play in, in October and November. And so, and they do too. So it's going to be a battle. So you've talked about your kids, but let's put their names out there. Give, give us an idea of who your team is, some of the some of the players that really make up the heart of the Knox City Greyhounds. Well, we, we talked about Devin Guillory a while ago. We got Bryson Callaway. He, he's our quarterback. Tristan Baxter, running back. Uh, Cameron Hernandez, returning newcomer of the year in Region 1. Uh, he's a sophomore. And then we got uh, Tristan Baxter, Ryan Shaver. Uh, and then we're rotating our centers right now. We got a sophomore, John Cross Utley, and a senior, uh, Luke McGoy. We're rotating them in and out right now. But that's our, that's pretty much the makeup of our team. Uh, Blake Abila stepping into a big role. He's a sophomore for us this year. Played some in the gridiron yesterday. But those are those are our, our Caleb Arietta. He got the one A fan, one uh, A player of the game yesterday. At I think he had 137 yards rushing uh, yesterday in that game. And he's he's coming off of a year where he kind of was banged up and and stuff like that last year. So he didn't get the reps he needed last year. So we're seeing some good things from all of those guys. And, and, uh, you know, we can't take it away from the guys that are there in practice every day going against them, the guys that play on Thursday nights. I mean, without those guys, we're not who we are on Friday nights. So we, we, we just feel like our, our core is solid. Um, our biggest thing that we're teaching right now is, is, is our theme for the years be a brick, and that's probably going to carry forward forever. You know, we, we believe you're only as strong as, as every brick in your wall, and we want to build a big wall that goes floor to ceiling. And the, and the mortar joints between it is what the relationships we have between our kids and the coaches. And, and if you have strong relationships in that joint, then you're going to have a strong success on the field. So that's kind of our philosophy and what we're, we're aiming to do this year. And our team is, is buying into what we're doing. That's a great philosophy. That's not, that's not one I've heard put, to, put like that before. I really like that, the whole brick mentality there. 
So you talked about the quarterback, your son. How much, how special is that to not only coach him, but know that he's kind of the the floor general on the floor for you, or or I guess the the field for you uh, in putting together this successful team? I mean, it's 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 probably more stressful than it is fun a lot of times, you know, just because you're always, you know, you want you have such high expectations for your own kids all the time. If something doesn't happen the right way, they always get it harder than everybody else. But I mean, it's it's exciting. He's he's a good kid and starting to see a lot of success from him from his freshman year to now. He's grown a lot and and uh, you know have him out there. He's been he's been with me since you know was forever. And so he's been around the football programs that I've coached as a water boy and come up through the ranks. And you know when he gets to when he was a freshman, he's on our JV team. Said, Dad, I don't think I want to do water anymore. I was like, Well, hang on, like you know, like I still need. And I was, I was like, You know what? Go play with your friends or whatever. You know, whatever you want to do in the bleachers, but. But now, then, sophomore year became a starter, and and you know it's it's exciting, it's it's stressful, but for the most part, it's 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 an experience that I wouldn't trade for anything. And I've talked to a lot of coaching buddies of mine, and and they just tell me, you know, hey, enjoy it, because you know you you know whenever they graduate, that's something you're going to be missing a lot of, and and you have that guy at home, even at home, we just talk about film and and game and stuff like that. It's always fun to do that stuff with him. But like I said, he does he does take it on the chin a few more times than the rest of the guys. When you're standing on the sidelines. So I broadcast, do play-by-play for Happy, and my son's a quarterback, and I know how hard it is then to call a game and still watch your son. Do you find yourself sometimes maybe watching your son just a little bit more at times and, and you go, wait, I can't be the dad, i got to be the coach? Probably not so much now. I mean, he's been doing it so long. I mean, we've been all through junior high. I mean, I've been coaching his, this, his group since fifth grade since I've been in Knox City, and I, I'm really tuned into what our backs are doing and seeing it. And then, then I'll see a block he'll make. I'm like, man, that's a heck of a block, and you know, or a throw he makes. And, you know, just some of those things you see, and, and it's, to see the excitement in his face, you know, and when he makes those plays and sometimes I miss him. I mean, I, I'm just be honest with you. And I'm trying to I'm trying to coach him like I do everybody else and, and make sure that he's not getting more attention than anybody else, because without all of our guys, you know, we're not who we are. So. All right, coach. Well, I, I completely understand what you're talking about there. We do appreciate you joining us. I do think the Knox City Greyhounds are a team that are underlooked and uh, but I don't think they will be as we move forward after watching them at the Jayton Gridiron Classic. Best of luck to the Greyhounds moving forward. And I'm sure we'll see you on down the road. All right. Thanks, Craig and Bobby. I appreciate it. Thank you. That was a great interview with Coach Calloway. I've always really enjoyed talking to him when I saw him after games and things. And I'm glad he gave us a little insight into his greyhounds. Oh, definitely. A really nice guy. First time I've met Coach Calloway. Always liked his teams. They play extremely hard. I love Every team has kind of a motto or something that they're standing by each year. I love that whole brick piece. That that was fantastic, I thought. Yeah, that was different. I haven't heard it before. And, you know, he showed us, we're on Zoom, folks, if you don't know that. And he picked up his cup that he was drinking out of, and it said, be a brick. I love that saying, be a brick. Those kids, I think, have bought into that. And I believe that we're going to see that in the coming weeks. I know that they have a pretty tough schedule coming up. It's going to be interesting to see how they prepare. They have Motley County, then May, and then the Rankin Red Devils. They will definitely get a test uh, in the next three weeks, but uh, really impressive in that first game. They defeated Strawn 54-8. That was the 5:30 game on Saturday at the Jayton Gridiron Classic. And, uh, you know, I think people who, if they didn't believe in the Greyhounds, they definitely will start believing in them. Um, I think they will play well against May and Motley County and Rankin, and uh, we'll see what goes from there. That's a really tough district when you look at it. Valley, Knox City, and Spur, that's going to be a knockdown dragout. 
and a really good team's going to end up sitting at home out of that district. You're right. Uh, that's kind of like that district seven over there. You've got a whole plethora of good teams all piled up in one district and it's going to be a war to get out. It definitely will. And, and you know, there are probably uh, those coaches in those districts are sitting there going, but if I was in district X, we'd win it. Right. But exactly. Just the way it works out. Just but the you way know, you're not in district X. So, you know, <laughs> buckle up folks. We're, we're going to have a great season here. We definitely will. Well, speaking of uh, buckling up, Let's get to the week one season, and it was fantastic. We saw lots of really good games. Uh, everything obviously highlighted by the uh, Jayton Gridiron Classic. And uh, but before we get started, there, you know, one of the things that you do every that you started doing last year and you carried over to this year is doing the helmet sticker winners. You had twenty six of them, and I don't know that you want to name all of them here right now, but. Talk about, uh, for those who didn't hear it last year, your purpose behind doing the helmet sticker and what you're looking for when you award those. Because as you and I have talked many times, it's not necessarily about going, oh, well, that kid ran for 300 yards and seven touchdowns. They should get the sticker. That's not always what you're looking for. No, no, it's not. And we have this on our website just to, you know, just to serve as a reminder to everyone. But the reason we started doing this is, Yes, we cover lots of teams and we talk about teams and coaches and players, but we really wanted to highlight a player from each team for every game. And we thought, well, how best to do that than the um, a sticker, a helmet sticker, because that's usually something you earn on your team. You know, by the end of the season, we'll see kids with helmets full of different kinds of stickers. So if we could just add one and, you know, make a kid get in there and and motivate them to work hard and be a really really good teammate then that's that's kind of what we want to do but what we look for in and you know this Craig as well as I do and everybody out there listening you know this as well body language tells the story you might have 15 tackles you might have 400 yards but if I'm standing there taking pictures and, you know, I'm just three feet, four feet off of the sideline. Sometimes they get uh, real close and personal. Um, <laughs> I have to, you know, as I'm getting older, it's, it's a little harder to move quickly, but I, I probably need to work on that. Right. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about on age there, Bobby. Oh yeah. Whatever. <laughs> sure you do. Uh, come stand by me on the sidelines for a little bit and you'll figure out the whole age thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I hear the things that the kids say, just like the coaches do on the sidelines, you hear stuff. It's not hard to be loud when you're out there, you know, football games are inherently loud, the pads hitting, you know, people hitting the ground, people yelling, play calling. You can hear kids. I'm going to give you an example. There was one game in the past where a kid was just incredible. He was incredible on defense. He was incredible on offense. And every time he was anywhere near me, I would hear him just spewing negative things. That didn't really fit into our idea of a person who earned a Texas 1A fan sticker. So although he may have been the best on both sides of the ball, 
his body language and his attitude that came out of his mouth um, was not indicative of what we look for. So we have about, you know, five things we look for leadership, sportsmanship, effort, attitude. The last bullet on purpose is good play on defense and or offense, because really, yes, we're there to play a game. Yes, that's important. But other things are more important because, you know, high school lasts for four years. After you get out of high school, you want that person to be a, a good person that goes into society. You know, and I know a lot of the coaches say this too, you know, we're making, we're making them young, these young men, men to go out and be good citizens. And so that's really what we're looking for. And it's really not hard to find those kids. There are tons and tons of kids like that out there. Sometimes in a game, I want to give five stickers out to each team, but, you know, we just stick with one. No, I, I, I hear you there, Bobby. And I think that's really, really important. And, you know, as you look through the name of the 26 players here, I know or know of several of these kids that are on here and, and they fit what you're talking about. And it seems like a lot of these coaches that we talk to and they're successful coaches. And I, I think that's part of it. They talk a lot about it's not just what we do here in four years. It's about building these young men into leaders and better people moving forward. And so I think that's that's really, really important, especially in today's time when there's so many things coming at them and so many of those things are negative. Uh, I think it's really important that we paint a really good foundation. And I, that's what I like about the helmet stickers is you're really looking at what a player is doing as, as far as being well-rounded and not just being the best. Correct. You know, we'll put them out on Facebook because there's 26. I haven't gotten them all out there yet. Um, we put them on Twitter, but if you want to go see them, they're all out on the website. I put them out there first so everybody can get to them in one place. If you'll go to sports, football, and Texas 1A fan helmet sticker, you can see their pictures and their names. But I'm going to go ahead and read their names because I really think that they deserve a shout out. So for week one, there's 26. So I'm going to start at the top. Jeremiah Ramirez from Sanderson, Lupe Salinas from Lorenzo, J.D. O'Brien, Wellman Union, Stavy Sanchez from Sierra Blanca, Cy Garcia from Van Horn, Ishmael Rodriguez from Borden County, Jaden Martinez from Grand Falls, John Lopez from Garden City, Corbin Stanley, Valley, Derek Campos, Marfa, Caden Roy's, Motley County, Hunter Atwood, White Deer, Jude Thompson, Petersburg, Britton Partain, Ira, Blaine Shuck, Groom, Austin Hernandez from Kroll, Blake Bunger from Rankin, Bryson Guerrero, May, Creed Warren, we saw him yesterday, Klondike, Cedric Ware, another one, <laughs> Westbrook. Tomas Contreras, Balmeray, Sawyer Francis Silverton, Camden Sperry, <laughs> Happy, Caleb Arietta, Knox City, Leo De La Torre, Strawn, and then Aiden Salazar from Jayton. Great list there. It is, and I expect to see great things from those. And so anyone we cover, two kids, they're going to get a helmet sticker. Hopefully they'll put it on their helmet. If they don't, they can put it wherever they want to, but... You know, they earn that and and we love doing it. 
Well, that's that's fantastic, Bobby. Well, let's get to it. Let's get on the field and talk about the week one results. And, uh, you know, I think we'll start at the Jaden Gridiron Classic. Three days of really good football that went on there. And it's funny because I, that that first game started out and it was Borden County and Lub- Lubbock Kingdom Prep. And a lot of times when the private schools get involved, I, I feel like, you know, we sometimes take for granted that the Division One school, especially one like Borden County, is just going to walk away with a big win. That was not the case. That was an impressive Lubbock Kingdom Prep team. Borden County walks away from that one. A 42 to 38 victory. You talked about Ishmael Rodriguez, 14 carries, 196 yards, four touchdowns, 19 tackles in the ball game. Wow. Uh, yeah. And his running mate, Rhett Kingston, 14 carries, 119 yards, and two touchdowns. Love a Kingdom Prep really, really impressed me in that game. You know, I had heard that they were a really good team before that game started. Of course, I wasn't there, I was down south. I did listen. They were whoever told me that was not wrong. Well, they they definitely were impressive. Anytime you can uh, give Coach Ritchie and his team a run for their money, I you know that that definitely paints you as a good team. So that was the first game of the doubleheader there on Thursday. The second one, Ira and Motley County, and Ira really takes it to the Matadors, fifty-four to six. Ira looked good as well. Uh, you talked about Brighton Partain. Uh, he was impressive running the football. He was. I wish I could have been at the entire gridiron, but I was a little shocked that Ira beat Molly County by that score. Well, Molly County, you know, not many starters. I think Caden Royce is the only uh, true starter coming back both sides of the ball. I have no doubt Coach Bigham will have them ready, just like uh, Coach Lee. We talked about playing Knox City with Strawn. Sometimes you have to take your lumps early in the season, and you look up at the end of the year, and, you know, we'll be too three rounds deep in the playoffs going, well, there's that team. Oh yeah. Remember week one. Right. Now look what we see. So I think that may be the case there with Motley County on a Friday, things opened up with garden city and Valley in a game that was back and forth. It was a very good ball game. Garden city outlast Valley 30 to 26 Valley up 26 to 14 in this ball game at halftime. And then injuries beset Valley. That, that's got to be a word uh, Coach Stanilan is just hating right now. Uh, he, he lost three key players out of that game, and uh, Coach Jones' crew just kept hammering at him. Logan Seidenberg, a really good game, 14 of 23 through the air, 225 and three touchdowns. His favorite target, Mason Walker, seven receptions, 128 yards and two scores. And then the big man, John Lopez, with nine tackles on the defensive side. This was a really good game. I heard it was a very good game. And, you know, shout out to Big O. I mean, I am pretty sure that he wasn't playing the position that he normally plays. I talked to Coach Jones, and he said that they had to do a lot of shuffling around because, you know, Jordan Jones went down in his position and and the second kid went down. So they didn't have anyone for that position, and they had to do some scrambling Coach Stanlin over at Valley was doing the same thing, but but that that game was a battle on both sides. Yeah. In the nightcap in that one, the home team, Jaden, uh, the Jaybirds, we talked to Coach Stanlin last week. They played May. And let me tell you something. Don't look past Craig Steele and the May Tigers. Uh, you know, you look at it and they lost so much from last year. 
and they just keep on a rolling. 58 to 12. That's a good Jaden team, I'm telling you. Luke McKenzie, you know, may all of a sudden stowing the ball. Five of seven, 157 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Coach Steele's son, Braden Steele, five of eight, 147 yards and a touchdown. Oh, he also caught the ball four times for 138 yards and two touchdowns. He ran one in on 31 yards uh, rushing. Uh, he also had 12 tackles in the game. He sold popcorn for the Jayton uh, Lions <laughs> Club there uh, at halftime. But, uh, you know, really impressive there, a uh, game from Braden Steele. And then Damian Salinas, kid I love watching play. He's just, I mean, he is all heart. 11 tackles, had a forced fumble and a forced uh, a fumble recovery there. So May, impressive in that game over Jayton. Definitely an impressive win. You know, Jaden's still young. And I think that they probably learned a lot from that game, especially being so young. I know the quarterback is a freshman. So May, as we have talked about in the last few episodes of this podcast, they don't rebuild, they reload. And we know that. Everybody knows that. And we have talked about how quiet it is about May. And then they show up at the gridiron like, gangbusters and they just come roaring in and and they took care of business that night they definitely did that was a matchup of both teams ranked number five in the respective divisions on to saturday the three o'clock game kroll and klondike and it was the creed warren show uh, klondike wins that one 68 to 20 that was a great ball game you're right you know i've said this about creed warren and now everybody has seen it you give him the tiniest sliver of light and that kid is gone. He is he, just gone. I don't There's not many who could catch him. Yeah, he, he's definitely got a second and third gear that he hits. And it's it's impressive. I, it really I, is. I think it's rocket boosters. I think <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, you know, and he had some good blocking. So, you know, you can't you can't run the ball if you don't have good blockers. Um, Most definitely there. They have a one thing that I did learn from Coach DeGraffenreid is I kept looking at I think his number was what was his number one or zero? I think it was number one, maybe. He's a freshman, and he was out there the almost the whole game. He was doing a great job, and I asked about him, and wouldn't you know it? Guess who he's kin to from last year's team? And who would that be? Oh, let's see. The Aris Mendez brother or cousins. He's, I had a feeling he's that name one of them. thrown out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's he's from that family. So watch for him because he's he's making waves there as a freshman. They did have Colby Pepperback from a, a wrist injury, but I think he had to play some some different positions. So watch for him. I know he's grown a foot over the summer. That's never a bad thing. <laughs> no. Never. Klondike did a really good job. They did. Uh, the 530 game, Knox City. We talked about that when they defeated number seven Strun out of Division Two, fifty-four to eight. And then things ended in the nightcap Saturday night in a highly anticipated matchup between number one Westbrook and number four Happy. I called that game. Yes, I have a vested interest in it. I will tell you, Bobby, and you saw the same thing I did. Westbrook is flat out impressive. I think we can probably use Another word besides impressive. I mean, my gosh, you know, I was covering the game by taking pictures and it was hard for me to do that because I wanted to watch the game so badly because the way they 
play together is just a beautiful thing to watch. It's interesting. Coach Matlock, he, he, it, both his offense and defensive scheme are a little different than you see from a lot of teams. He, he's just, he's got his own little tweaks to it. And man, he, he has figured out the secret sauce. I guess you would call it there. When you look at that game and you talked about Cedric Ware, 19 carries 209 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, his running mate, Grayson Jeffrey was at Rotan last year as a freshman. Now a sophomore, nine carries 117 yards and three touchdowns. Westbrook was up 44 to nothing in this ball game at one point in time. Happy rallied back, got it to halftime, but Westbrook just too much in this one. Four happy, Jimmy Reyes, six receptions, 68 yards and two scores. And uh, Cowboys just struggled, 130-something yards total offense. Only five, I believe I had them four on the ground during the night. And it was it's it's tough. And happy was missing a key player in Quay Hodges, but I'm telling you, Westbrook is the real deal. And anybody's got him on their schedule, they better be ready. It's It's... It is a machine, and it just comes at you full force. I was really impressed with Peyton Dominguez as well. Generally just plays the defensive side of the ball for Westbrook. There's a reason he was the defensive MVP last year, um, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be a, a, a key runner for that again this year. He He's just he's a menace. I don't know of another way to, to, to put it. He is a menace. He, you look up, you don't know when he's coming. You know He might rush in, he might not, but uh, he gets there, and he gets there in a hurry, and he gets there with a lot of anger. <laughs> you know, I love those aggressive players like that. And he does such a good job. Uh, speaking of Westbrook's schedule, next week they have Jonesboro. They play on Thursday, I believe. And then on September 9th, guess who they get? The Rankin Red Devils. Oh, that'll be great. That'll be so great. I got to go see that game. I, I have to go see that game. Well, that, that was, should be a good one. And so there's a look at the Jake and gridiron classic. Let's kind of run through the rest of the top 10 here. And, uh, you know, you talk about ranking, they were impressive to me. They took on number two, Balmeray out of division two ranking number three in division one. And uh, coach Avalos has got the ranking red devils rolling early. They defeat Balmeray 52 to 30 Blake wise, 168 yards through the air and four scores. Barrett Jackson, 125 yards on the ground and a score. For Balmoray, Tomas Contreras, 23 carries, 168 yards, and three touchdowns. He also had 13 tackles. That game was really impressive to me because, honestly, going into it, I think I might have taken Balmoray based on everything that I have heard of how impressive uh, folks felt like the Bears would be this year. So for Rankin to get that win the way that they did, that that was impressive. It was. It really was a great game. There was lots of hard hits. You know, Balmeray can play some defense. Obviously, Rankin can too. So it was like a, a two machines going at it. And I think what the difference was in that game mostly is that Rankin had a whole sideline full of players and they were rotating them in and out. And, you know, Balmeray's still fairly young. They're all juniors and sophomores, except for Tomas. He's a senior, and he, he did really well. The Bears wore down the, the first team from Rankin. He sends another team in, and uh, it's the same Bears. So it, I really think it came down to whether they were, you know, they just wore them out. They just wore them out. And once you once they wore out the Bears, they started making little mistakes that really had big consequences and touchdowns. But, you know, I, I got to say, Rankin, they're huge. They are huge. They are athletic. They are fast. And they will punish you. 
And poor Balmeray, I shouldn't say poor Balmeray because Balmeray took it and gave it right back to him for four whole quarters. And for a Division II team to take that kind of punishment from a Division I highly ranked, I mean, I, I can't tell you how big those kids are in athletic. It's it's quite something to see. I just can't wait for you to see it too, so I can get your your <laughs> take on how they how they play because it was it was very impressive. Both but, team, both teams really. Yeah. Well, those, those are two teams that we definitely will be hearing hearing about ranking with a tough schedule coming ahead as well as they've got Knox City and Westbrook on the schedule. So those will be some great games. I have no doubt Coach Jones, he'll have them ready. No doubt whatsoever. I, I did talk to Coach Jones afterwards, and he said, you know, um, you know, they battled the whole time. They never, ever gave up. He said, and that's mark of a true champion. He said they did everything that that I needed them to do. He said we just came out. He's He's like, look at them. I mean, and he actually told the players, if you can play against that team, you can you can beat anybody. <laughs> uh, we talked about Jonesboro earlier. The Eagles uh, they kicked off the season in style. They defeated Coolidge sixty eight to twenty. Caleb Christell two hundred twenty nine yards rushing and three touchdowns. Jaden and I'm going to mess up the last name Jaden, so I apologize ahead of schedule here. But uh, Jaden, I think it might be Domel seven tackles and two tackles for loss. So a good opening win there for uh, Coach Guy Eagles and the Eagles. Number seven, Van Horn. Coach Tyrell had them uh, doing well against Sierra Blanca. They win that one 60 to 25. And you're going to get a kick out of this, Bobby, because I know you're a sports fan. Bryce Verdell in this game, 205 yards, five touchdowns. He also caught one ball for a touchdown. Every time I see his name, I think a touchdown Tommy Vardell because it's spelled so close to it. Now, that's a blast from the past. I get it. But uh, it's what it always makes me think of. And uh, it's just the way it is. It, it really well, is. I got to say something about Bryce Verdell. He's one of my very favorite kids in six man. And let me tell you why I believe he has alopecia. So he has no hair. And let me tell you, he does not let that slow him down. He <laughs> has the most positive and happy personality. I, I mean, he is constantly smiling and he's talking to people. He's a social butterfly and uh, he actually makes us laugh. Dency and I went to Van Horn for a track meet last this past spring. And, you know, he runs those hard races like the 800 and the 300 hurdles, and, you know, the hard ones, the ones, the gut check races. And in the 800, he ended up, I think, getting first or second. And it was at the district race. And as he was coming around the corner, he flashed us the peace sign with a huge smile. <laughs> and we and Dency got a picture, and I mean he was way ahead. So <laughs> that's just his personality. He's such a good kid, um, and so I'm glad you said that. Talk about Bryce Verdell. Give give old Bryce a, a shout out because I really enjoy being around that kid. That's fantastic. Also, that game, Pablo Mendez, 92 yards receiving and a touchdown there for the Eagles. Uh, matchup of uh, two top 10 teams in Division One: Spring Lake Earth ranked number nine, Wood Harrell ranked number six in Division Two. It was the Panthers from Wood Harrell taking this one 72 to 32. A name we heard a lot of last year, Samadric Weaver, 96 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Also had a kickoff return for a touchdown. The Energizer Bunny, Nomar Gomez, 12 and a half tackles and an interception uh, for Spring Lake Earth. Sailor Beerwinkle, that's a mouthful, let me tell you. 14 <laughs> and 21 through the air, 206 
He had a touchdown and three interceptions in the big man, Derek Rosales, four receptions, 99 yards, and a score. Uh, rounding out Division One in the top 10, Spur ranked number 10, took it to the Screaming Eagles of O'Donnell, 64-18. to 18. Corey Hamilton, yes, yeah, stop me if you've heard that one. This is his seventh year of uh, athletic competition at the varsity <laughs> level, or it seems like anyway. Nine yards rushing, six touchdowns and eight tackles. And Ryan Davis, 112 yards rushing and two touchdowns. For O'Donnell, Caden Hernandez led the way. He had 107 yards rushing and two scores. Before we move on, I have to tell you this, because when I see these kids and I know them, I'll talk to them about their games. And I try to get their thoughts about how they think their team did. And and so I saw, I did see Corey Hamilton yesterday. He was at the gridiron watching and and I asked him, okay, Corey, you know, how was, how was the game? And he put his hand out and he was like, eh, it was okay. <laughs> you know, and then here I see is, uh, see the team won by that much. And then his stats. And I'm like, you know, he, he really is a humble kid. And so uh, I just say, I love relating stories like that because again, it's highlighting the, the players and the teams. Corey's a bit of a of a bowling ball. Not he the is. Dude, but he, he's built a little bit like a bowling ball. I mean that in the kindest way possible. <laughs> yeah, not only that, but he's fast. He definitely is. <laughs> a team I missed in Division One, and it's just because I got these out of order, and trust me, I do not miss them otherwise. That is the Abbott Panthers and Coach Crawford. They took it to Blum 66-18. to 18. Abbott, one of those teams that I think uh, – is is really really good riley sistala 253 yards rushing on only 16 carries four touchdowns uh two of four through the air another 31 yards and a touchdowns uh 11 tackles and then uh, he held coach crawford's uh, uh headset for a part of the game as well <laughs> mason hail or Heil? hail hail okay thank you i never know how they're going to do the j there on me five receptions sorry five uh carries for 100 yards and three touchdowns, and for Blum, Armando De Hoyas putting in yeoman's work. 23 carries, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. I'm guessing against that uh, Abbott defense, when you carry the ball 23 times, Armando got up really, really slow the next day because I would imagine that was a tough 126 yards he earned there. Hey, he was up against those spider monkeys, and I'm telling you, we've seen them play, and Abbott really did take it to Blum, and I, that kind of, that score surprised me a little bit. I thought Blum would uh, maybe come out a little stronger than that, but I can't overstate how good the Abbott Panthers are. Well, we, we will talk more about them as the season goes on, because you're right, they are they are really, really good. Let's move on down to Division Two, and uh, the number one ranked team, the Benjamin Mustangs, took on Moran, the Bulldogs. Benjamin, no problem in this one. Didn't expect them to have much issue. 78-6. to six. Grayson Rigdon touched the ball four times, 202 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Benjamin only ran 15 plays in this game and scored on a seven of those. So uh, impressive there uh, for Moran. Connor Hall, 19 carries, only 30 yards he was able to gain. Uh, number three, Richland Springs and Coach Burkhart, no problem with the High Island Cardinals, 56 to nothing. Uh, going down the list here, number nine, Lorraine took on Highland, and Lorraine wins this one a 48 to 15. Uh, Davion Wathel, 10 carries, 154 yards, and two touchdowns. He had a passing touchdown. He had 10 tackles, five tackles for losses, three sacks, a forced fumble, 
what else can I throw in there? Cause he probably did it a uh, really good game there from him. And then Wrangler little that's, you gotta like that name. Just you know Wrangler. what? That's a great that's, name. That's gotta be a, that's, that's a classic six man name there. 12 tackles for those solo and a three tackles for losses there for the Bulldogs. And then let's finish things out in the top 10 and a groom gets upset by white deer and uh, coach Rucker's bunch. Uh, Hunter Atwood for white deer, 14 carries 215 yards and three touchdowns. Brody Weathers is running mate there, 139 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And, uh, you know, it's white deer that I think they're going to be a little better than people think. I'm not saying that they're going to be absolute world beaters, but, uh, I like the spirit that coach Rucker's got in his team there and they pull off the upset over groom. Well, you know, and that Hunter Atwood, he's a sophomore, you know, they're grooming some young folks to come in there and make some noise. I like to see that. Definitely. Uh, so let's go through teams that weren't in the top 10, but uh, some that uh, we've either got uh, some stats on or teams that maybe are just sitting outside of that that we know are going to be really good. Follett, no problem with Hitley, 60 to nothing. Shane Franks, seven carries, 101 yards, and uh, three touchdowns. Uh, you're going to love this one, and I've got some some – the coaches out there will just love this. So there's a new um, homeschool team playing out of the Amarillo area. They call it Amarillo Pachilla. They took on the Miami Warriors, the uh, Warriors out of Division One, District One. Miami wins this one 76 to nothing. They set a school record 63 points in the first quarter. Oh, they recorded, yeah, they recorded eight, not one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven, eight interceptions in the game. I'm not oh. sure some schools get eight interceptions all season long. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, uh, it was definitely a mismatch 15 tackles for losses. I think they had five or six sacks in this one, uh, a freshman for them starred, uh, Micah Henshaw, two carries 34 yards and two touchdowns, two receptions, 40 yards and two touchdowns. So he touched it four times on the offensive side of the ball. He scored four times. Oh, yeah. And he had three of the eight interceptions there for <laughs> Coach Al and the Warriors. So some eye-popping stats out of that one. <laughs> wow. I knew, I knew you would like that. I knew but, you, you know, I'm sorry. Before you, when you first started, I got hung up on Pachia. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Panhandle, let's see, how is this? A Panhandle Christian something education association. Okay. But that that's who they are. Homeschool, well, maybe. Because you said Pachia, I automatically went to Chia Pet. So <laughs> there you go. That's how my brain works, folks. There you go. There, that's Bobby in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other games, Will Dorado over the fours, Aiden Woodard, 137 yards and seven touchdowns on only 11 carries. Claude defeats Roby 48 to 46. And I know you talked to coach daily on Roby was up in this game 40 to eight before Claude storms back. And uh, that kind of leads to one of the notes we've got in that ugly word. We talked about the outset injuries. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Cody Daniel from Roby. He is definitely in our prayers. Uh, Craig, this is the third broken leg in two weeks and it just makes my heart hurt. Um, he had surgery, I believe on that leg, they took him immediately. They had several injuries, several kids go down and they just, they just basically fell apart. And so Claude comes storming back and ended up winning that one. So that that's a tough loss there and a good comeback for Claude, a team that has really struggled in six man to start out with. So they win that one 48 
to 46. Paducah defeats Guthrie 68-42. That was a close one there. Nazareth, uh, that's a team I think you hear more out of Division One. They uh, defeated Whiteface 63-20. to Luke Schulte, 223 yards and six touchdowns in that ball game. Uh, going through the list here, Gordon defeats Throckmorton 49 to nothing. That that was an impressive victory to me. That that surprised me. I I expected Throckmorton to actually, you know, put up put up some more numbers, but you know, Gordon Gordon's good this year. They I know they went up from division 2 to division 1. Well, you're going to have to watch out for those Longhorns. They're they're going to silent they're kind of like silent assassins. <laughs> it sounds like they're starting out that way. Definitely. Uh, Rising Star defeats Blanket 53 to 18. Jake Bell 4 of 5, 96 yards through the air and a touchdown. Blake Wilson had 45 yards rushing and a touchdown. And Anthony Pollard 10 tackles there for the Wildcats. We keep going down the list here and looking at uh, what went on. Menard picks up their first victory at the six man level. They defeat San Marcos Hill Country Christian. That's a mouthful 47 to 2. So they definitely understand the 45 point mercy rule there in Menard. Yes, they learned all about that week one right out of the box. Some other scores that I thought were interesting was Robert Lee over Rotan, 67 to 22. And then Bron Zephyr had a really good game. I know that one was back and forth all night. I kept watching the scores and it was very interesting. Bron over Zephyr, 44 to 37. And here's one that really... It made me smile because I've been waiting. I know Coach Steele over at Covington, and I've been wanting him to have such a good season ever since he left Knox City to go to Covington. They got the win over Aquila, 40-28 to in week one. So congratulations, Coach Steele. And I love to mention this just because we talked about this last season on the podcast, and Cherokee won out over our friends near Mineral Wells. <laughs> the, love sm- the smoking for jesus ministry uh cherokee took them out 60 to 14 um, but you know anytime that you can say smoking for jesus i'm game what about you craig <laughs> I, I am with you on that one that is fantastic and an absolute great way to wrap up week one uh in the books uh let's take a quick look ahead at some games coming up in week two some good ones going on Spur in Erion County. I'm really interested in that game. Erion County uh, won 80 to 60 this past week. Uh, so they'll get a good test with Spur. That one, they're meeting in Blackwell Thursday night at 7:30. That'll be a good ball game to go to. Uh, we already talked about Westbrook and Jonesboro on Thursday night, Balmoray and a Van Horn. So a uh, Bryce Verdell taking on uh, Coach Jones and the Bears. Grand Falls is traveling all the way to Whiteface for a Friday night matchup. Well, now that's a that's a travel right there. It really is. And I talked to Coach McVeigh earlier because uh, just just to give a shout out, I got to give a shout out to a Grand Falls player. Her name is Alexis Porras, and she plays football for Grand Falls. Now, most of the girls we talk about playing football are kickers or punters or, you know, they use their foot. This girl now she's beast and coach McVeigh says she is getting better every day. She plays on the offensive and the defensive line, Craig. Okay. Repeat that, Bobby. She plays on the offensive and defensive line. Yes. That's impressive. Both. 
And let me tell you, he, he says she is just getting better every day. And I did give him a hard time. I asked him if he's going to leave Grand Falls on Friday at uh, noon. <laughs> he thought that was funny. They're going to leave about 2.30. But yeah, that's a that's a whale of a drive all the way up to Whiteface, which is about, oh, what, 15 minutes on the other side of Level Land. So they've got a drive coming for them. That they definitely do. Uh, some other uh, good matchups, Follett and Happy Doing Battle there at the Cowboy Corral Friday night. Whit Harrell at Crest. I think that will be a really good game. I think Crest is better than people realize. Uh, so I think that will be a very good game to see going on there. And uh, Klondike at Jayton. That's going to be speed versus speed in that one. I, I think so, too. Both of those games, I think, are going to be very good. That Whit Harrell Crest game is one that I'm going to keep my eye on because, like you said, I don't think people are giving Crest very much credit, but I watched them last year, and those kids have heart, and they did really well. One thing I wanted to mention, because, you know, we had Coach Pritchard from Campbell on last year on an interview, and, you know, I just love him. He is so positive and upbeat, and he sends me stuff all the time, but uh, we congratulated him for having an actual football field this year. You know, they have bleachers and lights and everything, an actual football field. And so he told me that for their first game, they may have come out not on top, but they're taking some positive things away from that game for week one. Trey Huffines was running back for Campbell broke the school record for the longest play from scrimmage. It was a 78-yard rushing touchdown. And he was 15 for 246 yards with three touchdowns and one passing TD. Um, he did say that it was great to break in their new field, and Trey, as a senior, really did that well. That's outstanding. I know you're right. Coach Pritchard, very positive guy, and uh... – he just, he loves that Campbell football. He does. He is passionate. And I just, I just love that. Love it. He definitely is. So that's a look at what's going on in football. Believe it or not, just because we're class 1A doesn't mean that football is the only thing we do. Uh, volleyball, 1A volleyball rankings as of Monday, August 22nd. Lots of movement going on there. Uh, Benjamin, yeah, you've heard that name before. They jumped from number nine to number three. St. Joe has hit the top 10. Bryson, very best. Uh, RTC and Dodd City drop a spot. Five, six, seven, and eight. RTC would be round top, Carmine. Uh, Blum drops out of the top 10, down to number 19. And Klondike and Pettis move up to the number nine and number 10 spots. Of course, Fayetteville still uh, holding on to the top spot there in a volleyball. Yes. The, you know, that was a lot of movement in one week. I have been watching these rankings. They come out every Monday. However, this past week, they didn't come out till Wednesday. <laughs> so um, I was kind of stalking the TGCA website and finally got that information. But we put that on our volleyball webpage on 1afan.com. So as soon as I have it, I'll put it up there. And we'll talk about it every week to see how many movers and shakers there are. I know this was a lot. We've got a lot of football. We got the volleyball. One thing that I have, I noticed this weekend with covering so many teams and talking to so many people and coaches. The first thing is Thursday night, I go to Lorenzo and one of the referees commented that he absolutely loves our podcast. And I didn't know 
that kind of surprised me because I didn't know that referees listen to our podcast, but they obviously do. So I want to give a shout out to Corey Lusk. He was the referee at the Lorenzo game. And thank you so much for listening in to us. And then also, you know, this one shocked me too. Uh, You know, Lubbock Sports Medicine provides trainers for many six-man teams. And they had a, a trainer named Josh there at Lorenzo. And when he found out who I represented while I was there, he was just so excited. He gushed about how wonderful six-man players were and how gritty and um, hard workers they are. And so, you know, thank you, Josh, for recognizing that. And I know you probably tell other people that too. But overall, I had talked to so many people this weekend. And I want to take a sincere moment to thank the fans, players, and the coaches. You know, we get so many big smiles and pats on the back and, you know, they ask how we're doing and they say, oh, you guys do great work. Well, let me tell you, we could do none of it without all of you. I want to give a big thank you to the six man community because you give us this wonderful opportunity to live our, out our passion covering 1A sport. Couldn't put it any any better there, Bobby. And, and you're right. It is a passion, and uh, it's what we love to do. And it's just fun to give a, a podium to players who usually don't get recognized because, I mean, face it, 4A, 5A, 6A, they're going to dominate the headlines uh, in, in most areas of the state of Texas. That's just the way it is. And so, uh, you know, I think it's great that we highlight these players because you and I have both seen enough football this weekend. You can say all you want, and I've heard this from people before. Well, you're in six man, but you know what would you do in love man? Let me tell you something. I watched enough football this week to tell you there's a lot of kids I watch which started some big time schools in a four A, five A, and six A. Don't underestimate the uh, the six man player. They're much better than people want to give them credit for. And you can imagine they have a ton of stamina because some of the most of these kids play both ways, so they're out there the whole time. All four quarters, if you if you get to that length of time, when you look at 11 men and the, the other classifications, you may play your one position and that's it. And then you come out and stand on the sideline and you go in for your position and then you come out. I think that would probably be pretty hard for a six man player because, or maybe welcomed. I don't know. Maybe they just do it. They do it because they have to, and it's for their team. I understand that. But can you imagine? Oh, it's it's time for my job. I'm going to go in and you do your job and then you come back out. That's it, very it would, different. That would be very different for a lot of young men across the state of Texas who play six man football. Definitely. OK, so we all know that there is a referee shortage, right? Yes. Last week, we had like 20 games on Thursday. So what I would like to ask, and I will send this out on all our social media, but I wanted to to get it out here on the back roads. If your game has to move to Thursday or Saturday from a Friday set schedule, please let us know. We're always looking for those things and we'll ask every week because I believe this is going to be the way our world ends up here in the next 10 weeks of games. So. If you have a Thursday 
game or a Saturday game because it had to be moved due to the official shortage. Please, please let us know. The referee shortage is for real. It is. I mean, okay. 20 games on a Thursday, that's a lot. It is. It is a whole lot. And I, I think we'll see more of those as we move forward. Well, Bobby, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Week one in the books. Lots of great games out there. I want to thank Coach Caleb Calloway over at Knox City. He's got his Greyhounds playing really well. And I think we'll hear more about them uh, as the Susan, season, Susan, season moves forward. We um, might start calling it Susan. Maybe. I don't know there. And uh, even though Coach Callaway does, doesn't want us to talk good about his Greyhounds, they are playing exceptional football. And we do we do appreciate him coming on. But uh, until next Sunday night, I'm Craig Spear with Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. Remember, go forward and do good. <laughs>